You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is June 10th, 2021. And on today's show, we take a look back at the Nationals' two games against the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll let you guys know today's show is sponsored by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app today on your uh, iPhone or your Android or whatever tablet you have as well. Locker Room app is a great place to converse with sports fans like yourself, podcast hosts like myself, and a whole lot more. Great community. Check it out. Download the Locker Room app today. All right, so let's get into it. So it's really funny. I thought about recording an episode between the games because I was wondering, you know, hey, how am I feeling emotionally about watching this baseball? You know, just taking away the fact that the Nationals are cover members every single day. Just the baseball I was watching. I want to uh, separate that and talk about that first game before I watch the second game. And I said, no, no, no. We'll see if the feelings compound, if they if they get worse, if they get better. Because I think a lot of you all, like me, were frustrated by the kind of baseball that we watched the Nationals play in the first game of their series against Tampa, their two-game series midweek. Look, I said coming in, I thought the Nationals need a split. They got a split. Now, How you feel about the way they got there, I've got mixed emotions. I will sort through those emotions. I will sort through what I saw. But, um, you know, it was interesting because I was thinking, man, I am angry about the way the Nationals play. And not even like a fan anger. I was was just like, this is bad baseball. Uh, I think Mark Zuckerman put it great, put it it very well after that first game saying, I can only write the story so many ways was essentially the tweet, right? You can only write the story so many ways because of how many times the Nationals have done the same thing. And uh, I love the fight in game two, but it's just game one showed a lot of their flaws and game two showed a lot of their flaws, but also showed a little bit of that resiliency that the Nationals still have kind of embedded in them. So, so much to get to. We'll talk about it here. All right. First game of the two game series, the Nationals dropped that one three to one against Tampa. What were the storylines in this game uh, when the Nationals first meeting with the Rays? Story to me, number one. I know the hitting is what everybody's kind of turning to, the bases loaded situations. I'm not there. I'm there with John Lester not getting deep enough into this game. Three and two-thirds innings, four hits, one earned run, four walks, two Ks, one homer. 91 pitches in three and two-thirds innings. The issue I have with this right now is the fact that the Nationals, st- you know, I know we think Eric Fetty is coming back, but they're not at a spot yet where their whole rotation is back, right? They just, you know, just lost Strasburg. Uh, Austin Voth, who made that spot start, get, gets hit in the face. Eric Fetty should be back this week, we think, right? That was kind of the report. We know all, all systems are, are go. Uh, Dave Martinez also has confirmed that. So all systems are go with Eric Fetty. But obviously, you know, it feels like for the Nationals, until we see the guy step on the mound, uh, there is some kind of concern. But they need to get more out of their starters. This start for John Lester, while the numbers weren't too gaudy, what he gave up was not too gaudy, not even getting to the fourth inning, uh, absolutely detrimental. And they bring in Wander Suero. He struggles. 
the rest of the way, the pen did a really good job. And so I think about it like this, you know, it was a, from a whole pers- a holistic perspective, three runs over the course of nine innings against a team like the Rays on the road is a good performance. The fact that you had to lean on your pen in the fourth and a guy in Wander Suero is coming in in that spot, not a spot he's totally familiar with, um, is the concerning issue, right? And they work him, Sam Clay, Ryan Harper, Tanner Rainey, Paulo Espino. Now, not all of your big guns coming out in that situation, but still, all of those guys had to work. On the other side, the pitching side, Tyler Glasnow, excuse me, goes seven innings, six hits, one earned run, 11 Ks. He was, uh, he, he looks sharp, man. I mean, the Arsenal's working for him. His pitch placement's great. Uh, I thought he was in control, but, you know, in, in some respects. But the Nationals, when they did put some pressure on him, did not do a good enough job uh, of forcing the issue, right, of, of scoring more runs. And that especially came into play when the Nationals loaded the bases late in this game. You go ahead and you look at the eighth inning. The Nationals, that's when they put that heat on. Uh, they end up loading the bases. Robles walks. Schwarber grounds into a fielder's choice. Uh, Turner walks. Soto walks. So at that point, your base is loaded. You've got Ryan Zerman and you got Josh Bell both coming up there in the top of the eighth inning. At that point in the game, the Rays are going with, uh, I believe it was, J.P. Fireson. And then uh, Thompson was also, uh, they both worked that inning. They they were the ones who got themselves into this kind of predicament, right, at, at that point of the game. Um, and I know the Rays' bullpen is fantastic. and those guys have been really good. But the fact that Zimmerman, who's one of your best hitters, and Bell, you know, a guy that you pay to be in the middle of the lineup spot, don't do any damage with one out. They didn't even muster up one run. It's something that we've talked about a whole lot. The Nationals, with runners in scoring position this year, have been absolutely dreadful. That continued. Um, and I think the frustrations are mounting for so many. And also, I think you flip ahead, and we'll get to it specifically about the next game in Game 2, but you see them with the spotted runner and twi- you know, in, in the game uh, in the, uh, overtime, and you know, extra innings, right? Put the runner on second. What do the Nationals do? They drive them in. They, they drive in the runs by various, way, by various means. Uh, they drive in the runs. And so I think if you're a Nationals fan, you're sitting there, you're like, damn it. What the hell is it? I mean, you, you see it one time, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not seeing it anymore. And uh, the Nationals this year, looking at now, bases loaded situations. We talked about some of it. To be honest, actually, Josh Bell is one of the better guys in those spots, but um, he's three for nine this year with those spots. But as a team, bases loaded, the Nationals are hitting 145. That's how they hit. Bases loaded, 145. And so you talk about a team with a nice batting average, right? Yeah, yeah, they're putting guys on base. They do not cash in. We know this. We've talked about it. Start cashing in. Uh, you know, with guys in scoring position and two outs, they hit 205 as a team. Um, scoring position just in general, the Nationals, they hit 236, so a little bit better, but still not good enough. You, you know, those numbers for teams typically, when they're putting pressure on, they're better. And the Nationals in those situations have not been better. This year, with uh, with runners, uh, just runners on, they're 258, but it feels like the Nationals are not meaningfully moving guys over and driving in runs. And I think that was a frustrating part of this game. This is a this was the um, 
the three one loss, you know, showed the Nationals inability. And look, I, I know that the I know that the Rays were on. They were on one in that game, especially in the pitching standpoint. Tyler Glass now is fantastic, and their bullpen got the job done. But you created yourself a scoring opportunity in the eighth inning, bases loaded in a two run game, and two guys who were in the middle of the order came up and did nothing with it. Um, that is that is when the Nationals are going to lose out, and that's why we've seen them lose a lot of games this year. In a game that felt like they'd go and grab, and get off on a, on a good note there in Tampa, they did not do it. So they fall three one in that game. Um, the bullpen for the Rays was was lights out uh, between Fireson, Thompson, and Castillo. They don't allow a single hit uh, in their three innings or uh, two two innings rather of relief work. And Tyler Glasnow sprinkled in six hits, one walk across the eleven innings that he or excuse me, seven innings that he worked. Eleven Ks is what he had. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will touch on the Nationals' second game in the series, a win nine seven over the Rays in extra, but for in extras, uh, rather. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. They've got thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You just go there to rockauto.com. You search uh, carpet. You search motor oil, brake parts, tail lamps, anything you need you can search it and find it in a variety uh, at rockauto.com. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all those parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, we know they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, let's break down game two. So this one started off for me. I was able to give it my full attention. Uh, but as the softball began, I was, I was working a show for SiriusXM last night because game two of the College World Series was happening. Oklahoma, dramatic comeback uh, against FSU and is able to take that game, the game two. So now they forced the game three, which is happening this afternoon. I encourage you guys all to check it out. Three o'clock, ESPN, FSU at Oklahoma, uh, game three for the College World Series. But... I was able to check this one out. I had it on while I was working. Nationals 9, Rays 7. This one was back and forth from the outset. The Nationals grabbed a couple runs in the beginning of this game, courtesy of a Juan Soto two-run shot that he belted. You love the fact that they gave Patrick Corbin a lead to work with as the game began, and... It was squandered immediately when he took the mound. Uh, Corbin gives back three runs in the bottom of the first, thanks to some walks, a Randy Arozarena single, and a Michael Brasso sack fly. Um, one hit in the inning, allowing three runs, and his pitch count, I think it was up to the, it was up in the 30s, I think around 35, was where his pitch count was. Ryan Zerman draws the Nats uh, level with a third inning uh, home run, uh, solo shot, so we get 3-3. Zerman homers again in the top of the fifth inning, a two-run shot, making it 5-3. to three. Um, Later on in the game, uh, Ray's home run in the seventh makes it 5-4. A Joey Wendell home run in the eighth makes it 5-all. The Nats in the top of the tenth get two runs with a couple singles. And then in the bottom of the tenth, Brad Hand blows the save and allows uh, two, you know, allows two more runs to score, but in the top of the 11th, the Nationals get a Stalin Castro double, a Josh Harrison sack fly, 
and they take a two-run lead. Bradhand then is able to close it out. Or excuse me, Tanner Rainey closes it out in the end. Um, I will say this to start off with. I know the offense is the story here. I love the fact, I didn't love how many pitches Brad Hand threw. Brad Hand ended up throwing 44 pitches in this game, working two innings, um, in what was a difficult outing for him. Tanner Rainey came back on one day's rest. He gave up a walk. He threw 20 pitches in the inning, but he got it done in a big spot. It was a save for him. And for a guy whose ERA is 9.35, a guy whose season has not gone the way it has in the past, Dave Martinez has shown a tremendous amount of faith in him, has repeatedly gone to him, and did it again in this game. So to go back to him in that spot was huge. On a night where every pitcher except for him gave up at least one run, he was uh, he was the bright spot in the pen, which I don't think we can say a whole lot this year. But look, the Nets, the Nets, you know, three guys that they really trust throughout there, Finnegan, Hudson, and Hand, those three guys that we see a whole lot of this year. They all got touched up a little bit. And Daniel Hudson's pitching as of late, especially too, has become a, a bit more of an issue. He's, he's struggled a lot more recently. I think we've seen uh, Brad Hand vultures a win in this situation, uh, courtesy of the Nationals offense. He becomes the pitcher of record in this game. But 9-7, let's talk about, um, let's talk about kind of, you know, how this game went down. Want to get to the offense. One more note on the pitching. Patrick Corbin gives up those three runs in the first inning. Those are the only three runs that he gives up. Now, he throws 93 pitches in five innings. So the fact he was able to give him five, that was good. Five runs, or three runs in five innings is competitive. The issue is this for me, as his ERA goes to 621. He, right now, is making uh, $23 million, I believe, this season. So, 23-24. He's not pitching to the level of a $24 million pitcher. He's not even close. I'm sure he would admit this to you right now. Um, that lack of dependability, that lack of security in a guy who's got 24 million, you know, 24 million reasons to, to uh, no, Nats fans, honestly, have 24 million reasons to come mad right now. The fact that they can't trust him, the fact he does not bring that security, the fact that it's not a dependable starter every five days. I mean, he's going out there right now every five days, but what you're going to get from Patrick Corbin on an inning to inning basis is a problem. The four, the four walks and the three hits is what concerns me. He is a guy that's going to put guys on, I understand that, but the fact that he has, has to work with traffic and often has to work with traffic from the outset is a problem. He did have a stretch where he retired, I believe it was eight in a row uh, at one point in this game, so that's good, but you never know which, which Corbin's going to be out there. The guy who retires eight straight, the guy who's going to be out there and give up three inning runs, a little bit of both, and when you're that, when you're that important to the team, especially... Without Steven Strasburg, you know, I know he's trying to worry about himself and focus on himself, but his, be- his best stuff is just not there right now, and he's doing the best he can to work with what he's got. The Nats' offense bailed him out tonight, but um, he felt shaking in the first inning. I credit him for stabilizing it. The problem is five innings, three earned runs, four walks, three hits, three Ks. That being one of the better starts that he's had all season is a problem, right? I, I think you would file this start into one of Patrick Corbin's better starts on the year. And that's a problem because uh, he's been getting uh, pretty thoroughly knocked around for a lot of the games this season. And so the fact that this is probably in the top half of Patrick Corbin starts, once again, that is a concerning thing. But the Nationals offense actually picked him up tonight. So that, that, is, that is something that I think we all are very happy with. 
uh, when you watch this team. Let's talk about the offense tonight. They were doing the damn thing. They're driving and runs. They're getting guys in scoring position. And, and to be honest, they actually did it without the, really the, the help of the top of the order. This is something that we've talked about a whole lot this year. Top of the order, doing well in games. The rest of the order does not. Trey Turner and Josh Harrison in this game combined to be 0 for 10 with 5 Ks. Not what you want from the top of your lineup. Josh Harrison continues to cool off. Juan Soto was Juan Soto. He was one for four last night, but he also walked twice. Did strike out twice, but that two-run bomb was very helpful. Juan's hitting 279 this year. Not his best. He's he's 412 on base. <laughs> uh, this 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 kind of makes you think. Maybe should they bat one? Lead off now. Now I'm not saying it's something they should you know do because it, it puts you in a spot where too many high variance guys are are going to be trying to drive him in. But if you want a guy who purely gets on base, then maybe he is your guy. I think there is a chance. Also, you know, uh, it's upsetting Victor Robles' momentum got derailed, but I think there is a chance that they could flip Victor back to the front of the lineup because. He's hitting 227 with a 339 on base. Not great, but we have seen now he's kind of rounding back into, into healthy form. If he can recapture a little bit what he had going on in late May, he could be option. option. Maybe you go Robles 1, uh, Soto 2 in some situations. I, I don't know. You know I'm, I think I'm just kind of floating things out here to get the offense, you know, to get things going. But they tried Kyle Schwarber in the front of the lineup in the first game. I kind of forgot to mention that. In the 3-1 game, they tried Kyle, Kyle Schwarber out in front of the lineup. That didn't really uh, pan out. They just kind of wanted to do something different. Didn't really work out against a guy like Tyler Glasnow. Um, but I, I think across the board tonight, I was really pleased with the performance. And look, Shane McClanahan's a guy that, for the Rays, they fancy him. They, they think he's going to be a great pitcher down the line. He's only 24 years old. Uh, I, he is uh, He's a month, two months younger than I am. He's got a 4.54 ERA. He's one of their prized possessions. But they are trying to move him along slowly. I like the way the Nationals attacked him from the outset. They didn't let him get comfortable, and they stayed steady, right? They they did a, they made a point, really, of making him uncomfortable in a way it felt like they didn't against Tyler Glasnow. And this is a guy that I think the Rays believe can end up having some Tyler Glasnow caliber stuff in the end. Five hits, three earned runs, three walks, four Ks, two homers. You see the variety there. You see the three walks. You see the home run. You see the hits. They, they kind of did a little bit of everything in this game against McClanahan. So I like the fact they kind of attacked him and stayed on him early. Zerman had a great bounce back night. The two homers I mentioned, driving the three runs, also walked. He seems, you know, it seems like all these guys either have a really good night or a really bad night for the Nets. I mean, it's, it just seems like we're not getting much of the in-between, uh, you know, between the Nats players. Jan Gomes goes one for five. Schwarber gets a knock on one for three in this game. And then uh, bottom of the order, guys. Got to give them a lot of credit because Castro and Robles both rack up hits in this game. They go combined four for 10 between the two of them. That will play. The back part of the order, man, that will play. Also, it's nice to not have to worry about that pitcher in that spot that can just get those guys all in the order. But uh, a good job of turning over that lineup to the back end. The problem is the front two weren't very good. And I I do think there is something to the idea that the Nationals could put... The thing about Juan at the leadoff spot, kind of getting back to this idea is that he kind of does keep the line moving with walks, right? You know, if, if Turner gets on and Soto walks, you know, it's the same thing as a base hit. Like, he is keeping that line moving in a way. So maybe you do want Juan hitting two or three, because even in situations where he walks, 
there are often times where he's pushing guys then into scoring position, uh, especially with the guys who are ahead of them. Uh, he is pushing them oftentimes into a scoring spot. And, uh, you know, I think maybe it's time to consider dropping Josh Harrison back in the lineup. Now, I know he's been kind of a staple of that front. Maybe you do flip Victor Robles. I actually kind of like the idea of maybe hitting Josh Harrison ninth. Victor Robles won. Uh, I know it's kind of a, a Victor Robles back order guy to start off things, but I think that continuing to tamper and toy with the lineup is the right thing to do. I know you want consistency, but I, I think it's getting to the point where the Nationals just kind of keep finding ways and you keep f- trying to find things that work. And tonight, the middle part of the order being Soto and Zimmerman, I like that combination. I think that's a com- that's a winning combination there in the middle. Uh, maybe you could go one one Zimmerman two Trey three right or or some variation of that. I don't know. Keep but keep finding trying to find things that work because with the way Zimmerman plays kind of off and on how streaky Bell and Schwarber can be, you know I'm not sure how consistent you can always uh, bank on the lineup being every single day day in and day out. But the Nationals get a nine to seven win. They end the road trip four and five. And I want to talk about that in a second. So we'll take a break and then kind of talk about how the road trip ended and take a look ahead to this giant series coming up. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. They've got nine flavors. You can go check all of them out at BuiltBar.com right now. It's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, uh, and then also it's got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only only four grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com right now, promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off on your first order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's Locked on Nationals podcast is also brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. You guys have heard us talk about them before. BetOnline is the best place for all of your sports action needs go to betonline.ag today make an account it's free use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on and you will receive a 50 percent deposit bonus so if you deposit 100 bucks they give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag betonline your online sportsbook experts all right so the nationals close out this road swing uh four and five on the road trip they now sit at 25 and 33. So around 500 is what I thought that they would be able to do. Um, and that's what they, that's where they were. They didn't knock themselves out of any contention, you know, just yet. They are seven games back of the New York Mets at this point in time. This is what I was kind of saying, get yourself back home and see if you can get going just a tad right now. They're coming in They've got, you know, the giants coming in now 38 and 23. They are in first place in the National League West. Uh, they are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They are 20-14 and 14 on the roads. So the Nationals need to mind their P's and Q's this weekend. Kind of also touching on that, it looks like Eric Fetty will be back. He is on track, like I mentioned earlier, earlier in the show, back on track to start that game on Friday. So expect Eric Fetty on the mound on Friday. It's going to be Scherzer, uh, Fetty, Ross, and Lester this weekend. That's the presumed starters for the Nationals. It'll be Di Scafani, Gosman, Cueto, and Wood. And what I have to say about all, all four of these guys, especially too, overperforming, I think <laughs> it's the right word. Look at how well these guys have done this, this year. 
Um, these guys are kind of not spare parts, I would say, right? Cueto, formerly a really, a really awesome starter, but he's at 35, right? Kevin Gosman was a guy that, that the Giants kind of picked up, and he has been pitching at a definite all-star caliber, caliber level. Di Sclafani is a guy that they got who's got a 5-2, the 3-5-1 ERA, somebody that we saw, you know, 31 years old, had a lot of issues in Cincinnati. Things, you know, got a little rough for him there towards the end, especially in 2020. He made uh, seven starts, 7-2-2 ERA. Did have some some good years there in, in Cincinnati. 2018 a bit rough, but had a very good 2016, had a pretty decent 2019, and now he's having one of his best seasons of his career, 3-5-1 ERA in the 12 starts he has made. He's worked 66 innings, uh, and he has been such a strong part of what they've been doing in San Francisco. And, and that's just, I mean, that goes for the rest of the guys. The contributions they have been getting from Kevin Gosman, who has been lights out this year, 7-0, with a 1.27 ERA. If Jacob deGrom did not exist, Kevin Gosman would be in the conversation for, uh, you know, pitcher of the year right now. And I'm not going to say Cy Young yet because it's way too early. Uh, but, you know, he'd be, you, you could talk about Kevin Gosman being the best pitcher so far in the National League this season. Johnny Cueto with another strong year, 3.7 ERA, keeping them competitive uh, in a bunch of these games. And for him, a bounce back season at the age of 35. It was rough for him last year, a 5.4 ERA. Before that, you know, he's dealing with some injuries and wasn't able to pitch as much, but he is returning to a pretty high caliber level. Um, you know, and getting the job done for them as a middle of the rotation guy, right? One of the two, three guys. And then you kind of move forward and you think about, hey, Alex Wood for them, somebody else uh, that, you know, I know fans are pretty familiar with the age of 30, a 3.79 ERA. So they have very competitive pitching. Not like these guys are all lights out, but the fact that their pitching has been so solid across the board this year. Uh, and a lot of these guys are rebounding. I mean, Alex Wood is rebounding from two pretty bad seasons. Uh, for him. I know he didn't make a ton of starts and didn't throw a ton of innings, but for him, yeah, the last two seasons were very challenging. He's finding kind of that good form that we saw he yeah, had with the Dodgers and some with the Braves too. So the fact these guys are, you know, the, the Nats are going to face all of them. Uh, opportunities, but still, they've been so strong. The Nationals need to come out and, the, and they need to start kind of uh, going for a little bit on this homestand. Three with, uh, four with the San Francisco Giants, three with the Pittsburgh Pirates, for the New York Mets, all of those are going to be at home. So something to watch there. Eric Fetty, we think, makes a start on Friday. It's kind of it's kind of the word. And we got to wrap up with talking about Steven Strasburg. It's been an unfortunate for him this season. Dave Martinez gave an update on him yesterday. It sounds like, well, it doesn't sound like he is not throwing right now. And he's going to get some second opinions. So the Nationals at this point are kind of waiting uh, to see what the doctors are going to say. But right now, they're not risking Steven Strasburg throwing at all. They're going to have him get some, some second opinions. They're going to have him talk to some more doctors. And then they're going to work from there. Uh, Dave Martinez said that Wednesday he wants the right-hander. He wants that, that nerve irritation to subside before he resumes throwing. A better idea of Strasburg's timetable could come into focus once he's cleared to throw. So they want to make sure that he gets the evaluation that he needs. They want to make sure the pain subsides. But right now, he's just doing lower body workouts, according to Dave Martinez. So that's kind of where the Nationals are with that situation. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.